Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you God. We have a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Thank you Father. This is more than we ask or think. Lord, today I pray Lord that Lord that you will do exceedingly abundantly. But we pray for that whole, the Holy Spirit that is in us. Hallelujah. That we will yield and surrender and submit to the working of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, I pray today's word will be a word from your mouth, Father. Use me as a vessel, Lord. Let, let I pray that every heart be receptive to the word. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. What a great promise. That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Amen. It is beyond our thoughts, our imagination, that He is a God who is able to do much greater than what we think. But that there is a condition, and that condition is according to the power that works in us. So the power of God to work in His fullness is based on the amount of surrender to the one that is giving you that power. You know, we, we have been in the season of unconditional surrender. That's the word for this year. Surrender is, an, uh, is a continuous process. There is nothing like you surrender today, but tomorrow that you have a mind of your own. Our surrender is an ongoing act of worship. Tell to the person next to you, surrender is an ongoing act of worship. So what does absolute surrender? So today's word is absolute surrender. So what does absolute surrender look like? Right? We got to paint the picture of absolute surrender. In 1 Kings chapter 20 verse 1 to 4. Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all forces together. 32 kings were there with him, with horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria, made war against it. And he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, the king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, your silver and your gold are mine, your loveliest wives and children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. What Ben-Hadad asked was absolute surrender, and what Ahab gave was absolute surrender to Ben-Hadad. You know, our surrender to God should mirror such wholehearted devotion. Amen? You know, surrender is not a passive resignation. It is an active, ongoing act of worship and devotion. Here, so how does it look like? My Lord, O King, just as you say, all I, I, and all I have is yours. Amen? Those are the words of absolute surrender. Can we say that? Now we are saying this to the, uh, to, uh, to the Lord of Lords, to the King of Kings. We are saying to this to God. What are we saying? My Lord, say it with me. My Lord, O King, just as you say. I want you to understand the depth of those words. Just as you say. 
Alright, just as you say, I, and if your family is around, you can look at your family, I and all that I have is yours. Amen. We don't have any claim upon anybody. We don't have even claim upon us. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord. If I have a pen in my pocket, for that pen to be greatly used or to be properly used, the pen must be absolutely surrendered to the one that is holding it. You know, absolute surrender, listen to me, absolute surrender comes from absolute devotion. Hmm. Unlike Ahab who surrendered before Ben-Hadad because of compulsion, right, he had no choice, right, he had to surrender because of compulsion. Our, uh, our, uh, God wants our absolute surrender not out of compulsion, out of devotion. Say devotion. Amen? So, you know, to understand about absolute surrender, or to, to understand about what does absolute devotion means, uh, you know, there is a true story of a dog called Hachiko, uh, which is, uh, the story is based in Japan, many years ago. And this dog, Hachiko, is a particular brand of a particular breed called Akita. Now, this Akita brand of dogs, they're known for their absolute devotion to this master. It only has one master his entire lifetime. Many of us have many masters. Right? This dog has one master his entire lifetime. And uh, this is commonly found in Japan, this particular dog. And this dog, as this breed, is known for his absolute devotion. So this, this particular man gets this particular uh, 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 breed of dog, and, uh, uh, which is a small puppy, and he names the dog as Hachiko. And this dog grows up in his house. This man is a professor. Grows up in his house with his family, with his wife and his two children. And uh, every, so this man is a professor that is based out in the city. So he would go to the railway station. The dog would go to the railway station with him. And as they go along, uh, they would play football. And uh, you know, the uh, dog would wait at the railway station while the master from the railway station enters a train, goes to the city, teaches in the university and comes back in the evening. And when the evening when the master comes home, comes to the you know, railway station, the dog is waiting at the railway station. And they return back home. And like that, the puppy grows up in the home. Every day it would go with his master. And every evening it will come back. And one day, and one day, when, uh, when, uh, when as, as, as usual, it, it, it went out to the railway station with his master. It was playing along. But master goes into the city, and as he was doing his lecture, he falls down dead due to a heart attack. And the dog is still waiting at the railway station. And his family knows that his, the family hears about the news. But the dog cannot understand his master died. The family tries to convince the, the, the dog that his master, his master is not going to come back. Uh, and, but the dog continues to wait every day at the railway station. And especially at the evening, the dog would go and look if his master is coming. Because he knows it's the evening trace the master is coming. Time goes by. Ten years goes by. The family has moved on. The children are married. They are in different places. But the dog, day after day, is at the railway station waiting. You know, and the dog gets closer to the shops. The, shop, the shopkeepers would feed the dog. But they see the sad state where they are not able to convince that the master is not going to come back. And after 10 years, on one particular evening, the dog died while still waiting for the last train to come so that he could see his master. That's a picture of absolute devotion. 
Hallelujah. How many of us are devoted like that? I know, some we are thinking, no, I'm just a human. I can't be like that devotion. You know, when a baby is born, when a baby is born, the baby has no devotion to his mother. Right? But, you know, 10 years down the line, you look, the baby has grown up. Now it's so close to his father, mother, siblings. Why is that? Because the baby has grown in his or her devotion. So I want to tell to you, we need to grow in our devotion. We can't crash land into a devotion. We can't parachute ourselves into that position. We need to grow in our devotion. Tell to the person next to you, you need to grow in your devotion to God. And we have a lifetime to grow in our devotion to God. Right? We have one lifetime to grow in, one devo- in our devotion to God. So, uh, so there are different seasons in our life. Whatever season that we are in, God wants our absolute surrender to His plans and wills. In every season, God needs a surrender that comes in from an absolute devotion. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose in the heaven. All of us are in different seasons of life. You are in a different season, I am in a different season. So how you handle each season determines the next season of your life. How you handle your this season determines how you are going to handle your next season. Hallelujah. Seasons will come and go. Yeah, but God desires absolute surrender in all seasons. Hallelujah. Our surrender cannot be based on our circumstances. That's not surrender. You know, Ahab doesn't, didn't say, you know, today I will surrender, but tomorrow if I feel like I will surrender. No. So, we need to surrender every life situation to God. Whatever are the seasons. Amen. As we navigate various seasons in life, whether it is success, whether it is failure, whether it is poverty, whether it is abundance, our surrender is crucial in determining our upward trajectory with God. Our surrender is crucial in our upward trajectory with God. Amen. So what are the different seasons? First season, we're going to look into different seasons where we need to surrender. So, so, all the, uh, so we're going to surrender. Okay? Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to 2. Now we all know the scripture. Now it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Abraham had to surrender. God asked him for his very best. So we need to surrender. There is a season where God will ask for our very best. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son made him a father of those who believe. He became the father of faith. You know, he, you know when Abraham was going up there, you know, even before today we have heard about resurrection. In those days, I don't know if he's heard about resurrection. But he believed that God is able to resurrect Isaac from the dead. Hallelujah. You know, it's always difficult to God to, for, God, for us to give God our best. We like to give God the crumbs. Just before we sleep, you know, we like to do our prayer. We are half asleep. We are yawning. You know, our, our legs are on the bread, uh, on, are on the bed. We cover ourselves with the blanket. A few words here and there. Uh, we like to give God the crumbs. But God requires us to give 
our very best. You know, the Bible says, God tested Abraham. There is a season where God will test you. There is a season where God will test you by asking us of our very best. Hallelujah. And we may need to surrender to God of some things that we love. Some things that we love. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to let go of what we should, what we love. We need to give our best. And when we surrender our best, I want you to listen to this. God is able to restore what we have surrendered. Isaac did not die. He, God intervened in that very last minute. How many of you have felt you've got a breakthrough at the very last minute, you know? You are like Abraham, will, you know, you are the, the, the knife is in your hand about to be delivered, but suddenly you found, you know, there's this last minute intervention by God. The last minute breakthrough. Right? So God, there is, a, there is a surrendering when God asks for our best. There is a surrendering when God is testing us. You know, after all, Isaac, you know, I would have asked God for 100 confirmations. But you only gave this child. I waited for this so many years. I got in this old age. Now you are asking, but this can't be God. We need to surrender when God asks for our best. So next season that we would be in, where we need to surrender, is Genesis 12, verse 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. You know, Abraham had to leave everything. He was Abram at that time. He had to leave his father's house. He had to leave his friends. He had to leave his childhood buddies. He had to leave his cousins. He had to leave his wealth, his inheritances. He had to, leave, he had to go to a country that he had no clue. That time there is no, you know, you can't Google to find where, no GPS, nothing. Yeah? Uh, and he had to go to a country that he had, so he had to leave in here, he had to leave his career, he had to surrender it, he had to go and walk on the streets, not knowing which is that country. He had to surrender even when he had no idea what is the next season. We had to surrender. Abraham did not know anything about his future. How many of you you have been worried at some point about your future? At some point about your future? If you have been there, I believe that Abraham has been there. You know, what did he do? He had to surrender his future to God. Amen? Many of us are concerned about our future. That what do, how do we react to when we are concerned about the future? We react by being worried and anxious. By being worried and anxious. But what did Abraham do? He responded. He responded to God, even though he did not know about the future. Your surrender of your future to God can lead you to a life of faith. Amen? You surrender to... You know, God, God didn't answer all the questions that he had about his future. When I stepped full time, I had a lot of questions. God, how is that? How is this going to be? How are my children going to be fed? How, how, how are things going to be managed? But what happened was that the Lord helped me to step into a life of faith. You know, without faith, it is not possible to please God. Amen? So you are surrendering your future. Hallelujah! is very crucial for you to walk into a step of faith. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you are worried about your future. Can I have a very eye closed? Those of you are worried about your future. What will happen to me? What will happen to my family? Who am I get, get, going to get married to? How who is going to feed my children? How are my children going to study? Who is going to marry my daughter? If you are worried about your future or your children's future. I want every eye closed. You just want to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I just want the leaders to just walk around and pray. Father, I submit the future. Lord, you're calling us to a life of faith. Not to a life of sight. To a life of faith. Not to a life of sight. Lord, I pray, Father, for the move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we may not know every answer, but we know about the presence of God. We believe in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Rekhal Ranthanantiana, Radarantianandiana, Hanandiana, Rabarantiana. Hallelujah. I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord, that you would minister. You would minister. We don't know about everything, Lord, but we know that you are there. Hallelujah. 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 Rekharaba, Rabarantana, Hanandiana, Rantana, Dhana, Harantiana. Lord, you move, Father. Lord, we are to surrender, surrender your future. I just sense to, 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 to tell the church, surrender your future. Surrender it at the altar. Surrender. You may not know every answer, but you can put it at the feet of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba. The next season. Let's look in Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 8. You know, Peter, uh, Simon, Peter, okay, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Our bank balance is zero. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. The net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter toiled all day and caught nothing. Sometimes in life, to a, in a particular season, we might see repeated failures. We may have pain. We may have pain. We are yet to see that God's promise being fulfilled. Hallelujah. You know, in, so in that life of pain, in that season of pain, instead of surrendering our pain, our failures to God, Hallelujah. We can get offended at God. We can get offended at people. You know, the Bible says that Jacob, when he heard that his son Joseph was killed, he refused to be comforted. He refused to be comforted. Genesis 37, verse 34 to 35. It says, Jacob tore his clothes and he, and, and, and he mourned for his son many days. In verse 35, he refused to be comforted. He said, I shall go down to the grave 
to my son in mourning. He refused to be comforted in his pain. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit comfort is real. Hallelujah. I have felt, I have gone through the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, church, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is real. You know, when Jesus died, his disciples were comforted. They didn't know what was happening. They had the Holy Spirit. Tell to the person next to you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is real. The comfort of Holy Spirit is real. I have personally experienced the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, it is not a lesser miracle than the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. It is not a lesser miracle. Lesser miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. Surrender your pain to the Lord. Give it to the Lord today. When you surrender your pain, the Lord will bring a healing to you. Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night. We have got nothing. What is your response to your pain? Hallelujah. Jesus is saying, at, you know, Jesus is saying, put, put your nets down for a catch. At your word, I'll do it again. At your word, at his word, would you, hallelujah, what is he speaking to you? At your word, would you do that? At his word, are you going to do that? Your surrender to your God in your pain and failures can bring you a healing. Hallelujah. They caught God was able to do exceedingly abundantly, much more than they thought, according to the power that was working. They just received that word. And because of that, God gave them a great catch. I hope you are able to see that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't be stubborn like how Jacob was. Say, I will, I'm refusing to be comforted. Don't be stubborn in your pain. Because that person has offended me. Or God, you know, some of us are offended with God. Every delayed answer, we are offended with God. Don't be offended with God. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how can we have the audacity to be offended with God. How do we have the audacity, the guts to be offended with God? Hallelujah. So, next season. Okay, so we saw the season of failures and pains. The next season, Luke chapter 5, we just down the next season. This is coming. Verse 9. All who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were partners with Simon. They were fishing partners. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. There are seasons of success in your life. Amen? Not just failures. Success. You are a success. Tell yourself, you are a success. I am a success. Hallelujah. You know, success, however, needs to be carefully handled. When you need to success, when you are, when you have success, you need to surrender your success to God. Amen? You know, many celebrities, they don't know how to handle success. And therefore, they make the wrong choices. Peter had a great catch. He was astonished at the catch. And what did they do? They brought their boats to the land and they forsook all and they followed him. So they left everybody and followed Jesus. 
you know, Peter didn't say, hey, that was a great catch. Let me just start. I have this Jesus guy with me, so I'm going to make a business. You know, he did not do that. He knew that was not God's business, was not God's will. God's will is to be my is to be the disciple of Jesus. Therefore, Peter knew. You know what was the greatest catch? The greatest catch was not the fish. The greatest catch was Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the Lord Himself. So when we have success, when we see wealth, hallelujah, do not love that success, do not love the wealth, because if you think that success is from you, you will start to grow one inch taller. But love the one who gave wealth. You know, when my children come to me and they say, you know, this is what I did in school, or this is what happened, I tell them something. I tell them, whatever God has given to you already, whatever God is giving you now, whatever God is going to give you in the future, everything belongs to God. It's from God. Say it's from God. For God. And by God. Amen? That's how we, are, that's how we handle success. And I want to tell you, that will keep you grounded when you say, this is what God has given to me. You get class first. Don't think that it is your brains. Hallelujah. It is your God-given brains. Hallelujah. You surrender to your surrender to God in your success keeps you humble and helps you to give God all the glory. Amen. Amen. You are managing a big company. You are an MD, managing director, CEO. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that's given by God. Amen. Hallelujah. No, they left their boats because they understood that this, you know, I know that I've been blessed, but I believe that going after God is more blessed. I remember my father when he used to come from the Middle East many years ago. So I used to, before, so those were the time of the letters. I don't know how many of you have seen a letter. You know, we used to write letters. So I used to tell, so before he's coming, so he used to tell me, send me a letter saying, what do you want? So I used to send this, you know, this, this list. I, I thought it was a small, but it was a big list. So I used to send this. In those days, was the Walkman. I don't know how many of you have seen Walkman, the portable. That was long, long time ago. Okay. So I used to tell this Walkman. I want this. I want that. I want the Walkman and all. So when my father comes, uh, you know, sometimes he would forget, you know, what he promised. So I'm, I'm constantly thinking, what is it there in the luggage? Right. Instead of looking at the one that has brought the luggage. Sometimes we're looking into what is in God's hand. God's hand had that great fish. But Peter looked at the one who held the great fish. Amen. Let's go after the one who holds it. Amen. Not to not his hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Surrendering in your season. In the next season. We're going to look into what's another season. Amen. Genesis 21, verse 14 to 20. Talks about Hagar. And she has to depart, and, one, and she was wandering in the wilderness. And she wept before the Lord. She had a child. She had a baby boy. And, and, and she thought, let me not see the death of this baby, because they are in the wilderness. And so she sat opposite to him. She lifted her voice and wept. God is there, even when you are alone. God is there, even in your brokenness. Can you surrender your brokenness? Can you surrender when you think that you are all alone in life? So what did God say? What did God do? God heard the voice of the Lamb. And the angel of the Lord, God, came to Hagar 
out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad. You know, it is, in fact, it is the voice of that boy. Where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great pain. Great nation. So God opened her eyes, and so God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went in, filled the skin with water, and gave the lad to drink. So God was with the lad. He grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Sometimes in life, we are all alone. We are going through brokenness. We think that everybody has left us. Nobody understands me. Amen. We are all alone in the journey. We might be a single mother, a father. Uh, you, you, you know, your, your parents might have left you without, because of your faith. Maybe your spouse is not with you. But you are not alone. You know, thinking that I am alone, that's a lie of the enemy. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say? That he is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Can you imagine? The Godhead, the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit is with us. How can we say that we are alone? Amen. That's a lie of the enemy. Hallelujah. You are surrendered to God in a season of loneliness, in a season of brokenness, will reveal a mighty presence of God. Many times I have cried out and asked God, God, I don't know what to do about this. Amen. I really don't know, Lord. Give me wisdom. Give me insight. Amen. Your surrender to God in that brokenness is what is crucial. That breaks the breakthrough. Everybody goes through break, uh, brokenness. Everybody goes through wilderness. Everybody goes through whether they are alone. Recently somebody said, you know, I have gone through greater pain than me. Look at me and said. Okay, so I told, in my mind I thought, how do you realize the pain that I went through? All of us go through pain. And it's a lie of the enemy only to think that only I have gone through pain. One of our family members told me, you know, whose his wife died a few years ago. You know, only I am going through this pain. So, it's as if that no others, you know, nobody in the other family have died. Right? So, we, we, you know, we try to uh, find comfort in some of the lies that the enemy likes to speak. Only I am going through this pain. Don't take comfort in the lies of the enemy. Amen. But in your brokenness, if you would cry out, Hallelujah, God in heaven. The Bible says the angel came out from heaven. You read that? The angel came out from heaven, called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Hallelujah. Today the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Hallelujah. We don't, want, we don't need an angel to come out of heaven. Hallelujah. God is inside us. So you are surrendering yourself in a season of brokenness. Amen. Will lead you to know the, 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 the greatness of our God. The presence of our God. Hallelujah. The next season, 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 1 to 5. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. So, you know, the fire had come down from heaven. How he had executed all the prophets of the sword. The Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. So let the gods do to me. And more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one by tomorrow about this time. 
When he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down on a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am better than none of my fathers. As he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat, and eat. Arise and eat. Elijah said to God, It is enough. Take my life. You just want to give up. You have no, you just want to give up. You're, you have no energy left in you. You want to give up on your marriage. You want to give up on, you know, you want to give up on your children. You want to give up on that relationship that God has put into your life. The Bible says, and you have said, I, I had enough, Lord. Madutu. How many of you use that word? Huh? Enough, Lord. Enough. I have reached the threshold. The Lord is saying, arise and eat. You know what it tells me? Here, God is not reacting like a king. God is speaking like a mother. When our children are sick, the mother will try to feed the child. God is saying, arise and eat. When you want to give up, eat what God is giving to you. We are spiritually starved when we are running away from God. We are spiritually starved. We need to surrender ourselves when we are running away from God. Jonah ran away from God instead of surrendering to the will of God. Get up and eat what God is giving to you. God is like a mother and He wants to feed you because you are spiritually starved. When we are physically starved, our mothers want to feed us. How much more when we are spiritually starved, God wants to feed us. You want spiritual food? Just raise your Bible, not your phones. Just raise your Bible. That's your spiritual food. Eat it. Arise and eat it. Don't be spiritually starved. He, God, wants to feed you. Amen. God wants to feed you. Tell yourself, God wants to feed me. God wants to feed me. Amen. Hallelujah. All mothers, that you like to feed your children? You understand how important that is for your children? Yeah, and, 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 and you know, I, um, I remember that my, my dad used to call me, I was so thin when I was, you know, uh, when I was a little boy. And God used to call me, you know, this, I don't know, he, he, those who know Malayali used to call me Irkul. Huh? And, my, and, and, and my mom would often tell me, eat something, eat, 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 kariki, kariki. The same way God is telling to some of us that are spiritually starved, eat. We are... Uh, in the flesh we are fat, but in the spirit we are malnutritioned. We are malnutritioned. Don't be spiritually starved. Hallelujah. Take time to eat the word of God. Drink this from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Next season. Hallelujah. Matthew 4, verse 18 to 20, 22. And Jesus walking. This is for everybody. The Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, the father, mending their nets, he called them. Immediately, 
they left their boat and their father and followed him. When God is calling you, you know, we have this season, this season is there for the whole of your lifetime, when the season that God is calling you. When God is calling you, don't think about your fishing nets. Or what your mother or father thinks. Can you surrender when, God, when, when there is a God call into your life? Surrender to God today. Surrender completely to His call. An immediate surrender. An immediate surrender to His call. When you surrender to God's call, it is not that you know everything. It, when you surrender to God's call, it is not that you have every talent. There is nobody like that who has every talent. Hallelujah. You might feel you are, that you are inadequate for the call. You know, how many of you think that you are inadequate for the call? You can close your eyes. I want to tell you you are qualified. You are inadequate to the call. You are call. If you think you are inadequate to the call, you are qualified. You are fit to respond to God's call. I thought myself, God, I am inadequate. I am not fit. Well, welcome to serving God. When God, hallelujah, when you surrender to God, I will tell you this, when you surrender to God's call, God will begin to share His burdens with you. Amen? Nehemiah, when he heard about the broken walls of Jerusalem, the Bible says that he began to cry. He fasted, he prayed. When Esther heard that what is happening to her countrymen, she went to, she put her life on the line and she stood before the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you are serving God, you are not doing a favor for God. Hallelujah. When you are serving God, it is for your, it is for, it is for your, you are fulfilling your call. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you surrender to God's call today? It does not matter whether you are senior citizen or little child. Hallelujah. God's call is called for everybody. Some of us, you know, God called Moses when he, in, in, in the wilderness, when he was old. Right? 40 years, he ran away. I don't know, he was what age that he was 40, I think, when he ran away. And for 40 years, he was in the wilderness, looking after the sheep. So it doesn't matter whether you are a city citizen, whether it doesn't matter whether you are, a, you are a young guy, when Jesus called Peter and James and John, they're probably Jesus' age. Jesus was 30 to 33 when he was doing his ministry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God is calling everybody, everybody, God called an Uziah to be a king at the age of 16. God is calling teenagers. Today I believe God is calling little children. God called Samuel when he was a little boy. God calls teenagers. God calls youth. God calls old people. God calls senior citizens. It doesn't matter. It was an old person who saw the Messiah, Simeon. He was old in his age. Anna, the prophetess, they were old in their age. But yet they had a purpose. Stop saying excuses. God, I am a young boy. I don't know how to speak. Moses had excuses. Can you surrender your excuses to God? I'm, 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 I, I don't know how to speak English. You know how to speak Malayalam or Tamil. That's enough. Even if you don't know how to speak, if you know sign, show sign languages, that's enough. You can speak to such people. God is calling you. It doesn't matter whether you are, what, what is your talent. It doesn't matter how you look like. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want you to respond to God's call. He's saying, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let it excite you today. Let it excite us that God is calling. Amen. This call of God is only in our lifetime. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to probably take one more surrender. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. I know how to be abased. I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Surrender when there is a lack. Surrender when there is an abundance. Paul says, I know how to do both. I've learned to live in abundance and in lack. You know this, I can do all things through Christ. It is in what context? It is for somebody who has learned to live in both situations, whether it is in abundance and whether in lack. Because they have lived both in abundance and both in lack, now Paul is saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because in abundance he strengthens me, in weakness, in, in my lack also he strengthens me. Hallelujah. That's the context. That's the context. So Paul was perfectly content in what situation he was because he was surrendered to God. Whether he was in prison, whether he was before Caesar, whether he was in a shipwreck, whether he was being beaten, he was surrendered. When you surrender to God in your season of lack or in your season of abundance, I will tell you something. You will be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's the context. When you go through the season of lack or abundance and you surrender to the Lord, then you will be able to say, I can do all things, say all things, through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. One more surrender I want to say. Surrender even when our prayers are unanswered. Jesus said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. And we still surrender to the will of God. Even if He has not answered our prayer. Many of us are offended and we turn our backs to God because He has not answered our prayer. When we surrender before the Lord's will, even if you don't like it, He will lift us up. Because we have listened to Him. I want to tell you, church, as we close, let's be confident in yielding to God. Because we will find our true freedom and our fulfillment. And our fulfillment when we surrender to His perfect will. Can I have every eye closed? Lord, I pray that we will have an absolute surrender. Coming out of an absolute devotion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill your lives. Fill your lives. Some of you have come here today. One of you have come here today saying, I have no meaning in my life. I want every eye closed. You have said, you're thinking I have no meaning. If you are there, I just want you to raise your hand. We will pray for you. I have no meaning. My life has no meaning. I want to say that's a lie of the enemy. 
when you surrender to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. Hallelujah. Rabbana khanandhyana ranthana dai renthe nekhe. Hallelujah. Some of you, the Lord is calling you to for His work. Can you respond to God's call today? Regardless whether you think that you are you, you can do it or not. Regardless whether how you think about yourself. Can you respond to God's call? Can you say yes to God's call? I don't know how, but I want to say yes to God's call. How many of you want to say yes to God's call? Just want you to raise your hands up. We're going to pray for, you know, the harvest is plenty. The Bible is saying the harvest is plenty. But the laborers are few. If you are willing to be a laborer, I'm not asking you for full-time ministry, but I'm asking you to serve the Lord with or without job. Serve the Lord. Be a laborer in His field. Even your job place, that you are being a laborer for the Lord. I want you to raise your hands up. Those who want to, you know, you want to serve God. You want to serve God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, Daddy. Hallelujah. Those who raise their hands up, let them serve. 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 Hallelujah. Serve. Hallelujah. Reba, Raba, Raba, Rakha, Nandiana, Radarandiana, Hanandiana. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, when, when Jesus sent the 72, and He said, I saw, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. When you are serving God, hallelujah, the, we, you know, there's going to be uh, signs and wonders. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall down like lightning. Amen. That's what happens when you step out. Satan will fall down like lightning. Amen. Hallelujah. Reba, Rabarandiana, Hanandiana, Reda, Reshakarabandiana. Thank you, Father. I'm going to surrender to your call of saying, follow me. We're going to surrender to your call which says, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. We're going to deny ourselves, say no to ourselves, take up your cross and follow all the days of our life. Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.